Welcome to Charter Central, a podcast for leaders in education brought to you by CMU, the Governor John Engler Center for Charter Schools. My name is Orlando Castellan. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Janelle Brzezinski. Welcome, Janelle. Hi, great to be back. Um, so excited to be here again um, for a new episode. And just as a reminder, as we've we've been off for a few months, um, that all of our episodes are available on our website, which is the centerforcharters.org. Um, we're also on all of the podcast platforms. So Apple, Stitcher, wherever you might get your podcasts, um, feel free to subscribe through there so that you don't miss an episode. Um, yeah, we've been we've been out of the the podcast game here for a few months, but we are back. It is a new year. Um, and we want to bring a lot of the topics that we know are top of the mind um, for the educators and the leaders in our schools and the partners across the education environment. So um, looking forward to a great conversation today um, with our guests and um, kind of surrounding around STEM education. Well, and um, Janelle, you did a great job identifying a guest that I think a lot of our listeners are going to uh, be excited to receive information from. We uh, are excited to welcome Megan Schrauben, who is the executive director of the MySTEM Network, uh, which is a uh, extension of the Michigan.gov or Michigan government, uh, where they're really trying to figure out how to increase uh, kind of that business connection to schools through uh, STEM work. And so really excited to hear what she has to bring us and opportunities for her to share to our listeners. So stay tuned for an exciting discussion with Megan Traven. Welcome to Charter Central, a podcast for education leaders. So we're excited to welcome Megan Schraben, the executive director of MySTEM Network, and wondering, Megan, if you can share a little bit about the work that you do, um, kind of who you are, the services you provide, and the resources you have available. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me here. I am a former high school math and science teacher, so just to kind of uh, place place me in uh, my career. Uh, and I have worked in state government for the past uh, 10 and a half years. This is my 11th year uh, between the Department of Education and now the Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity. And uh, my current role as that my executive director, we have um, a governor's appointed council that's made up of business, philanthropy, K-12 school system, higher ed, uh, that makes recommendations for our state on our, uh, you know, our state dollars that we have devoted to STEM education, but also federal uh, dollars coming in and kind of serving as this service um, for the state in order to connect uh, business industry community partners with the education formal education system uh, to improve STEM education. So that council recommends annually a statewide STEM strategy on how to um, uh, release those funds into the state, right? And that strategy is focused around four pillars. Those four pillars being, uh, you know, 
empower those STEM educators, right? And when we talk about STEM educators, we're also talking about our families, our parents, right? The first people that, um, you know, our children, our youth meet in the world, are they um, uh, positive STEM (laughs) supporters? Um, Or really what we're trying to um, support them in doing is seeing how children from the moment they enter the world, they are naturally curious. They are born um, to be those scientific investigators. And in fact, there's research out there that says if you look at a young child's play just left alone, they spend over 50% of their time uh, doing something mathematical, right? So we want to foster that innate curiosity that our students are born with and help them uh, develop that all the way through school because it's not just about Um, whether you might end up in a STEM career. It's the fact that our um, growing STEM job marketplace needs talent that uses the STEM competencies that people tend to think about coming out of STEM careers in every single career field. And um, it's so vital across every single discipline uh, that that the problems and the high paying jobs of today and tomorrow are becoming more and more technologically based and really need those problem solving. And I would say problem finding individuals uh, to to grow, uh, grow our economy and just look at what's possible um, in the future. So um, STEM, I like to think of it as a win-win opportunity where um, you know, it stands for more than just science, technology, engineering, and math, but it stands for opportunity, investment, and economic development. So there's that piece of it, right? Like what's the future prosperity of our state? What's the future prosperity of our individuals? Um, How are we making sure we are inadvertently closing doors off to them early on? Um, But like I said, taking that innate curiosity and fanning it all the way through. Um, But the other piece being that um, we know that, you know, like 90% of the job is in K-12 education, pre-K-12 education is hooking the kids, right? Keeping them engaged. And the natural and social sciences are really the context that students find naturally interesting. And so what we are trying to move forward in terms of that statewide STEM strategy, don't worry, I'm I'm coming back around to it, right? So empower those STEM educators. And so it's every single person that's like touching the student in their lives. But doing that through a real world relevant context to them. So that's the second pillar really of um, how are we integrating education with business industry community partners, right? So they have that real life um, uh, problem to solve. And so through our dollars, we are supporting project problem in place-based ways of um, engaging students in learning, right? And if you're talking pre-K, we're going to add another P uh, and it's going to be play-based, right? But the idea being that your play maybe gets bigger, maybe more dangerous toys as you get older, right? If you talk about like going into a construction career or something like that, right? But that Tonka truck that you're playing with in pre-K 
may turn into some, you know, really important career down the road, right? And so we want to keep that play idea all the way through. And so we refer to our statewide STEM strategy as how are we fostering 3P project problem place-based learning opportunities throughout the entire learning ecosystem. Uh, And so our third pillar is uh, ensure high quality STEM learning experiences. So that would be a 3P learning experience. Um, and so that we can grow a STEM culture across our state, right? So that's overall statewide STEM strategy. Um, Again, the council makes recommendations every year on that, and there's three, a a little over $3 million that the council grants out every year for um, specific actions in that that space. Um, For the next three-ish years, three, four years, it was a five-year grant, Um, That $3 million is going to pulling together various partners across the state on what does it mean to move forward 3P learning in our state, right? So it's pulling together, um, you know, the math and science teachers organizations, the computer science teachers organizations, the our pre-service um, uh, educator institutions, our out-of-school time learning institutions, leadership in um, our formal systems such as yourselves, right? Where, um, where they're coming together and thinking about this is really uh, a shared statewide STEM strategy for all of us in our state. So how do we put our collective minds and resources uh, together in order to support our communities in making these shifts? Well, and that all sounds just wonderful, obviously so important at the school level. And as you said, you know, tying into the business partners as well. Um, For some school, I know many of our schools have STEM programs, certainly most do. Um, For anyone that's either looking to start from scratch or build a little bit more comprehensive of a STEM program, is there any really, you know, if it's a resource that we would point somebody to or just a where to begin that schools, you know, obviously probably see the importance of it, but where, where do they start making sure they can connect um, that to the education of their students? Yeah, great question. So I mentioned the advisory council grants that are out there, right? So those advisory council grants, the schools, um, the schools would want to connect with their local regions. So the MySEM network itself, there are 16 regions across the state. Uh, you can find out your local region contact by going to michigan.gov forward slash MySTEM, M-I-S-T-E-M. Uh, and you can find your local region contact on there. So you'll um, be able to see like what's available locally uh, in terms of dollars, right? And those efforts that are coming through. Uh, we really can um, encourage the local districts to reach out to their local um, my STEM director so that they can communicate what needs and, and pieces you're looking to do right now in terms of STEM, right? So that's one thing, right? So part, part of our statewide STEM strategy is to have this local network that communities can connect to, right? That will connect them to those business industry partners, right? Other like maybe philanthropic opportunities that might be out there and or our state dollars that are available. The second thing which we should be um, launching any any day now is our playbook grant. And so maybe you've, maybe you've heard of the playbook grants, maybe not. Um, but when we talk about making that shift to 3P, um, that's really supported in the research, right? To do that kind of tr- cross-disciplinary um, uh, 
uh, project problem place-based ways of instructing, but that's not the primary way that we tend to engage in school, right? Um, we uh, like those uh, opportunities might be more of an elective opportunity or an after-school type opportunity, maybe a standalone STEM class. These are all great places to start in order to get your feet wet and what it means to be a project problem place-based. But what we're trying to do is create these playbooks where it kind of brings together, right? That intersection of, okay, research says this is best practice. What does that look like in terms of school compliance, the continuous improvement planning process that we move, move through, um, like scheduling our, um, our instructors, right? Like granting credit, maybe if you're talking about the high school level, uh, all of those types of like the actual practice of implementing um, a a different way of doing business. Um, that's what our playbooks are intended to do. And those grants, uh, I believe we're granting 200,000 this year. Uh, grants can be up to 20,000 per district. And um, that's part of helping us build out that playbook resource for our schools and school communities, right? And what those are really designed to do is bring a community together to say, what's our community about? Right? Are we um, are we on the lakeshore? Right? Do we have do we have a lot of um, assets and resources based on being on the lakeshore? Right? So how might we engage our learners as that's our point of entry because that's our place, that's our sense of place. Right. And so we are starting to learn uh, mathematics, science, right, computer science, all, all these different ideas we're writing about, we're reading about, right, we're researching about, we're communicating about, right. So now all of your literacy pieces as well um, through a like Great Lakes or water literacy type um, experience. We actually have a playbook devoted to that, right? We have assets in our state, like the Great Lakes Stewardship Initiative. So how can our network help connect you to figuring out what does our community really wanna be about? And it's finding that vision um, for the way that you want to engage in learning that then starts you down that path um, uh, to, to like reimagining what problem project place-based learning might look like in your community, right? So look, look for those grants coming out. Even if you don't get one of those grants, again, you want to communicate with your local region because your local region, those, those playbook resources are going to be freely available on our website for anyone, right? And so um, you wish to go down that path anyway, our network region can help you uh, think through what that might look like. And we're also looking at, so part of building out that playbook grant this year is what's the like professional learning or community practice uh, that we want to build to go along with those playbooks, right? So those are all um, opportunities to look for coming up soon. And again, the, the council grants that I mentioned earlier, um, that the professional learning opportunities that would come out of that, right? The professional learning that would happen at the pre-service level or, or that you might receive if you go to the Computer Science Teachers Association uh, annual conference, right? Like the professional learning that you might receive maybe at your local ISD uh, provider. Uh, it might be supported or a program that's coming out of that advisory council focused uh, grant in order to support, you know, what does it look like in my classroom now uh, in order to do uh, 3P instruction to a high degree. Yeah, those, so we're trying to work local district-wise, 
pulling together those communities uh, and those supports that, you know, a local district would look for, for that professional learning. And then there's, then there's the overall uh, network that exists as that boots on the ground local resource to help the community uh, in their goals. Thank you, Megan. Uh, that's very thorough. And, and I think what I heard you say was uh, michigan.gov forward slash my STEM is how they can find you. I've been out to the website and was able to see the different regions you have and the regional folks that people can connect with. It's very clear. For those that are um, new into STEM or thinking about STEM or perhaps, you know, because schools are very different and some just have elementary and some have high school. Can you talk a little bit about how that might be different for an elementary learner um, that's engaging with STEM? Uh, What does it look like for the classroom teacher and for the student versus what it might be in a high school where they are, you know, getting closer to uh, realizing that in the work uh, workplace? Yeah, no, great question, Uh, especially since um, our schools, you know, with the change in Perkins 5, one of the things that came out is that schools are looking at this career development model. And what does that look like, you know, at the elementary level, middle school, high school level? And and again, that's that's essentially another reason for why 3P, right? Why the council has recommended this direction. Um, Because if you are at an elementary level and, you know, we talked about the Tonka trucks earlier, right? Like our interests or what students may be noticing in their communities or what they might want to talk about might be related to um, building a sandbox out on their playground, right? And so in in that process, you are being exposed to construction careers, right? Like the idea of construction, right? You can measure the links in the wood and, or whatever, you know, compare different types of materials that you might want to use in order to build it with, right? You can do some simple mathematics um, and uh, material science, like around those pieces. Um, You can uh, communicate you know, to business partners or community partners on how you might uh, fund this uh, playground uh, piece that you want to add, right? So you can work in, essentially you're, you're moving from an idea that students have or a need that they've expressed to have in their community. And you're looking very intentionally about what are the standards across the different disciplines that could work into this problem that we want the students to solve? And then naturally you're building in, okay, this is a, this is a construction project, right? Or maybe it's a design project and you can bring in, you know, maybe a family member or somebody who works in that industry, right? And so they talk a little bit about how they might do that in their career, right? So you're getting that career awareness and they're exploring the career at the same time, right? By essentially trying their hand at what does it mean to design and put forward a plan for this, you know, sandbox piece. As you get up older, you're looking at a larger, a larger problem, right? We have one of our regions that just did um, a building a doghouse project. And so now you're talking about them actually like building the materials, right? So you've got different different equipment that's in there. And then uh, you might move up into high school. There's actually curriculum out there that's referred to as geometry and construction. So the students are actually learning their entire geometry, uh, you know, curriculum through and at the same time, 
learning different um, trade pieces. And if you pair that with a CTE instructor, you're potentially walking out with a credential, um, you know, an industry recognized credential uh, right out of high school, right? So it's really that piece of uh, keeping students engaged, making that learning relevant. They're meeting their academic standards. They're meeting that career development and awareness um, requirement that's in there. And they are um, very like, not a separate add-on type piece. It's a natural exploration of that career. Um, and as you get higher up, you're actually thinking about, um, you know, the industry-recognized credential or competency that students can take with them um, once they leave high school. Um, and Megan, I would assume too that um, certainly business and community partners, I know you've, you've mentioned that a little bit, but um, really would enhance what could be done in a traditional school setting, right? Um, so I wonder if there's any, you know, kind of best practice or really innovative examples that you can share with um, with our listeners of kind of where to start or who they should be looking to partner with in their communities to enhance their programming. Uh, yeah, off of our website, you can see in, in with the playbook grants being announced again in that partnership that I mentioned about like the freshwater uh, playbook piece, uh, the Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy has worked on compiling a list of community partners that would be interested and it's sortable by region, um, interested in working with the local school district and or they offer educational materials already in, in that like freshwater environmental uh, space. Um, your local region uh, would know of other partners as well. Um, but this idea, uh, uh, an example that I absolutely love is out of Macomb County uh, that's run for the last two years. So they put out like a student challenge. The first year it had to do with um, like uh, water purification or, or something like that, right? And the winning designs had to do with removing microplastics um, out of out of like the oceans, right? Um, or the Great Lakes. And uh, the students created a design and they worked with an employer, right? A, a company that created prototypes for them, right? And so the students had practice of like actually creating a design that they would understand. It was considered, they got, uh, it was an elementary, like K-5 um, type focus, and they were getting their ELA, their literacy standards and their science standards at the same time, right? And so students could actually, the winning prototypes were built, right? They had a celebration with the employers and the employers um, uh, essentially mentioned that they got just as much out of it, right? So we're talking about also employee engagement in this piece, right? Or retention, because they are enjoying working with the younger students as well, right? And, and, and just inspired by essentially our younger students not having any uh, like preconceptions already in their mind, right? So they're coming up with really creative solutions that maybe our adults aren't thinking about. And that's that's a lot of what we actually see is that you get this like novice expert trade-off between the two and it doesn't seem to matter to age of the student. Well, that's fascinating. And you know, I think as I've heard this discussion, one of the things that uh, I'm reflecting on is how the most meaningful learning is sometimes the ones that you can connect quickly 
to the you know to the to the workspace or how does this help me and so it sounds sounds like this is uh, going to be an incredibly valuable program for our students and 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 even for our employers to uh, for our um, business community to embrace you know thinking about what the future holds. I understand that you may have visited also one of our schools, um, AGBU, and seen their STEM facility. Yeah, great, great example of, um, you know, a community that really has, you know, I talked earlier about the playbooks, like pulling your partners together and saying, what are our assets? What are our values in the community? And then how do we design learning around it? Right. So you see that they have um, their like STEM steam add on that they have to the building, right. That everyone can participate in. Uh, But we talked about how their uh, you know, their cultural values that they're bringing to the table is something that we want to consider also in that project problem place-based way that they are approaching things, right? So um, how is that brought in through maybe the communication of what they're learning or the problem that they're solving uh, in that STEM space or in their STEAM um, building, right? So um, uh, at the Manugian School, I saw that they they have language classes, right? They have music and culture classes that they could be weaving in and thinking about here's where um, this uh you know, project or solution that we came up with either gets communicated through those other like layers. Um, Because when you think of the arts, right, or ELA, it's really about like how you're communicating your knowledge, right? And um, so they've got that focus already. And it's so exciting to see where they are starting to weave in those different disciplines uh, and just uh, build on the student excitement that naturally comes out of solving that relevant problem. And they certainly are a a great example, too, of a long-term program um, to see, you know, the programming that they started with at the school and how over time they really just remain dedicated and committed to STEM programming that now has resulted in that beautiful facility. So so that's wonderful to see. Um, And Megan, I wonder if we can just um, remind people um, before we wrap up today of, you know, I know you and Orlando mentioned the website. If you could remind people one more time, kind of where where should they go um, to look learn a little bit more about the MySTEM network, um, the grants that are available and some of those local regional leaders. Yeah, so it's uh, michigan.gov forward slash MySTEM, M-I-S-T-E-M. And uh, from that site, you'll be able to locate the advisory council, like annual recommendations and work that's going on, you know, kind of that overall statewide vision for STEM. Uh, And then you'll also be able to locate your local 16 um, regions across the state for that connection information to learn more about like what's being done locally, but also to express uh, your needs and desires, right? Like what you would like to do in STEM so that they have you on on their radar, right? For potential opportunities that get um, called up. And then um, the playbook grants should be announced soon. You'll see off that website, you can get to the grants page. And so you'll be able to look over kind of what the grant program looked like last year. It's going to look very similar this year as well. Well, I want to thank Megan Traben, the executive director of MySTEM Network, for joining us today and really connecting some of the learning that we see happening in our schools with the business community through this MySTEM program and network. And really appreciate your time and sharing your expertise and insight with our listeners. 
No, I greatly appreciate it. And I look forward to having, you know, some of your schools apply for the grants and just uh, being able to visit more of them like the Manugian School in Southfield. All right. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank Thanks, you. Megan.